0: Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Gone.
1: Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. It's my favorite part of the year. Our top 10 films Woo-hoo. of 2020. Maybe the greatest year in cinema history, if not Earth's history. And joining me <laughs> as always... From the beautiful state of Utah, Shannon Williams. Shannon, thanks for joining us as always. Yeah. And then, of course, glad to be here from Hollywood, Aaron Alvarado. Aaron,
0: feeling pretty pandemic-y out here. It's uh, there's there's a lot of sick people in California, so I'm staying indoors. I'm watching bad movies. I mean, I'm watching movies. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and I'm happy to uh, happy to join you guys. Best part of the year, always.
1: Full disclosure: You told me before the pod the only sick person in California is Governor Gavin Newsom. <laughs> um. <laughs> Current governor.
0: We'll see how that uh, we'll see how that petition goes to okay, get him so, thrown out.
1: So we are all three of us. It. We're about to go through thirty movies. Okay. Uh, so I want to I want to jump right into this. Get right into it. A little bit of a preamble though before we do. Uh, a lot has been talked about the year of twenty twenty cinema being. Terrible for obvious reasons, the pandemic. Most of the good movies got bumped to 2021, et cetera, et cetera. However, I think it's it's worth mentioning. This is a year that we saw new films from Spike Lee, Christopher Nolan, Kelly Riker, Aaron Sorkin, David Fincher. A lot of great filmmakers released content this year. Um, now, I will say for me, this isn't the strongest list of 10 movies that I've ever had at an end of year list. And I will tell you that my top three movies, literally there were three movies that were just circling the top spot. And I just had to make a judgment call. Uh, and I literally did that right before recording. So I'm curious for you two. Was this hard to put this list together? Was there a clear number one for you?
2: I'll start. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, There... <sighs> This is what's hard. I feel... So I've been using Letterboxd quite a bit um, in rating movies as I watch them. I think there were a whole lot of movies that fell around that, like, four star. Mm. Um, But uh, to be honest, (laughs) there was one five star and then a few others that I ruled out on... I'll explain my rulings (laughs) later, I guess. But there was really only one that I put as five stars and then... Yeah, I don't know. So there were a lot of like good movies, but nothing I felt really passionate about. I just thought back to last year how you know I loved Parasite. I loved Little Women. There were so many that I felt really strongly like this is such a good movie. I could watch this over and over again. There weren't too many this year that I really felt that way with.
1: And Shannon, you are our resident Oscars expert. So I'm curious right now, what is the frontrunner for Best Picture this for this year's Oscar? Do we have one?
2: Well so here's my other caveat is that because so the oscars is in april the um qualifying no what's the word i'm looking for the eligibility for this year goes until the end of february so nomadland minari there are a few things that were pushed out until february because they would still qualify for oscars so I haven't seen No Man Land, and my guess is that's my number one <laughs> because I love <laughs> Chloe Zhao so much. But <laughs> so it is. Like so many of these things, I think No Man Land still seems to be the front runner. But so many people haven't seen it, so who knows?
1: Yeah. And we won't be able to. T- you said till February. Is that when we get February. the? February. Is that in theaters or the video on demand release? Is that That's
2: in theaters oh, if geez. there are theaters open. Well,
1: and where you are, they are. Where Aaron and I, are, they are not yes. open.
0: No, every theater here has been boarded up. I mean, they're yeah. about to they're about to burn them all down and salt the ground that they're built on. So, oh, I think no. uh, we'll never have theaters again.
1: Well, I, I actually was at the theaters yesterday. The only actual theater in a 200 mile radius is a drive-in. Um, The Sacramento Six Drive-Ins, and they're not particularly nice, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but but it was the only place uh, for me to see, and I wanted to catch one last film, right? I wanted to see Tom Hanks in in peak paternal mode, Uh, and I saw him in the Western News of the World directed by Paul Greengrass. Uh, it's not going to be my top ten, but I'm grateful that I was able to see one last movie and have one more car behind me who refused to turn off their headlights throughout the film. Um, <laughs> to the point where half the movie I'm literally pantomiming. I'm out the window going like this, you know, just please stop. Just turn off your and they just no, wasn't going to happen. Wasn't going to happen, nor was I going to approach their window um
0: no yeah no i i had a couple of drive-in theater experiences okay. during in this pandemic and one was uh was seeing tenant in a drive-in theater mm. and um i didn't you know i, I like the drive-in i grew up going to the drive-in but yeah. this was you know it's a different time right it is so when the movie starts there's a space to our right that's completely open and i'm thinking oh nice we got a little bit of space here because it's packed like it was sold out um five minutes in this car pulls into that spot and the, the distance between my my window and the driver's side window was maybe seven inches. Oh my he rolls down his window. Oh no. I'm, my window's already down. So <laughs> basically, we're just breathing in each other's faces. So I, yeah, I had to roll up my window. And um, yeah, I wanted to leave, but no, I actually stuck around and watched...
1: Uh, So, I I joke about the drive-ins, but honestly, if 2020, if there's one thing I can say positively about the movie-going experience is that it did rekindle my love for the drive-in experience. Mm -hmm. I had not seen a drive-in movie in, I don't know, uh, maybe two decades. Like, it had been a very long time. Uh, We used to go all the time when I was a little kid to the same SAC 6 drive-ins, the West Windies, as they call it. Um, And this year, I saw so many drive-ins, mostly classics. Like, I went and saw... I saw Jaws, I saw E.T., I saw Back to the Future, I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, okay? I, I, I mean, even more than, I saw Empire Strikes Back. I, there's so many driving. I saw Pulp Fiction, I saw Big Lebowski, tons, and they were all incredible. It was just such a fun experience to watch it, especially when you're friends, you got <sighs> snacks, and it, you know, it was like, it rekindled my love of the drive-ins. So, you know, if, if I'm gonna be positive, about cinema in any way for 2020 it's going to be that as well as the fact that i rented out two theaters this year which was not a thing i thought i was ever going to be able to do and i did to watch jurassic park and hocus pocus um with my own little group of people um and so anyway did
0: you guys did did all you guys get tested before you went in the theater
1: sure okay and I mean, yeah, my own version of testing, <laughs> just the old palm on the forehead. <laughs> um, Pretty good. I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, um, are you guys ready to crack into this top 10 list? I know Aaron let's just finished, it. literally just finished writing his. So I'm really <laughs> I excited. Uh, I did. Well, let's let Shannon kick things off and then we'll go Aaron and then me. So Shannon, what was your number 10 film of 2020?
2: Oh yeah! Um, ooh, I'm gonna start off hot. You guys will um, see where this list is going. <laughs> so, my number ten is Host, a horror movie that was exclusively on Shutter, a streaming service that no one has. <laughs> <laughs> I like um, it. So, this um, what I like about this film. So, the whole movie is done. Over Zoom, like as if it's a Zoom call, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I know we're all thinking, "Oh, we've seen way too much of Zoom this year," and you're kind of right. Um, but the plot of it is that you have a group of friends during the quarantine that come together to do an online seance. Seance is a bad idea, even when you're in person; equally bad online. <laughs> and so, of course, terrible things start happening. Um, it's just so cool. It, it, This film I thought was legitimately scary, but I think it's a great example of the kind of innovation that came about because of the constraints of quarantine and this whole COVID situation. Um, Everyone filmed it on their own. Um, All the actors like filmed this in their own homes and they all had to learn um, how to do like practical effects to show the horror moments like to make this all happen. So just logistically I thought this is pretty cool this is able to happen at all. Um but of all the horror movies I watched this year, this one I thought was truly the scariest of them. So that's my 10. Host. This that's is awesome. one that's that, Yeah. yeah that's I mean, interesting.
1: It's in a lot of top tens. This is a, a movie that a lot of people have been praising that I have not been able to see. I do not have a subscription to Shudder.
0: Yeah, I was going to say a question. <laughs> Shannon, can I borrow your uh, Shudder login to watch yeah. this movie? Oh, Thank you. We'll post it in the I, show
2: notes. I did a trial, and then I was done. <laughs> <laughs> so I no longer have Shudder. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> okay. There's oh. not a lot on Shutter to be. I've gotten really into horror movies as of late, mm-hmm. so they do have some good classic stuff. But I there's a whole lot of B movie stuff yeah. on there that I don't want to watch. So,
1: all right, Aaron, your number all ten. Right
0: for my number ten, uh, can I just say this is the this has been the worst mo- movie year in, of my life. <laughs> okay, I'll just say that right at the top. Like this, I don't. <laughs> all these ten movies, I mean, they're fine, they're good, but I I probably won't be revisiting. Eight of them. <laughs> I did find enjoyment in all these movies. I'll say that. Um, it's just been a very, very rough year. So your um, number
1: 10 and your number 9 are movies that you actively dislike. It's No, no, that... no.
0: I like them. I like them in the moment. And I, I think that they belong in a list of the twenty or the 10 best movies I've seen this year. Yeah. Um, considering I've only seen 12 movies this year. But uh, it's... <laughs> no, it's just... Overall, I haven't been really happy with the movies this year. There's, it's some good stuff. Mm. But, I mean, it's... For me, it's not really – hasn't been peak movie-going experience. But all things considered, I'm happy that I did get to see these movies. And um, uh, for number 10, uh, let me just – give me one second. Okay, I had to make sure I I actually did that. He's Googling Uh, movies
1: (laughs) released in 2020. (laughs)
0: Hold on. Rotten Tomatoes is still loading. Let me – give me one second. Number 10, I have Mank, which is one we talked about. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. That is is the David Fincher – uh the david fincher uh, megavids movie yeah the where, disrespect. Where he... yes exactly so it's the behind the scenes of citizen kane and, and all about the uh classic hollywood um the story you know we did a full episode on it we talked yeah. about it and i, I like the movie i think it was it, it was very interesting very well made it's finch one of fincher's uh, finest directorial performances um great great acting great writing overall very very good movie um so, yeah, it's number 10 on my list. Could have been higher, but I think ultimately I wasn't as entertained as I probably thought mm. I would be. Um, but it's it's a great, it's a very informative piece that I think everyone probably should watch at some point. If you have any interest in classic Hollywood. So, great. number 10.
1: All right. My number 10, literally right before recording, was Palm Springs. Um, and then I, I, I bumped <laughs> it to 11. And uh, in <laughs> in favor of a documentary called The Collective, or just called Collective, excuse me uh this is an actual this is a romanian documentary so it's all in subtitles. that's just let's just get that out of the way and we live in a new world now parasite won best picture last year we, we are pro reading subtitles now we can mm-hmm. do it and especially in this case so the log line or i guess like the short summary is it, the film is about the aftermath of a tragic fire in this romanian club and specifically how there were burn victims afterwards that begin dying in the hospitals from wounds that were not life-threatening. Okay, So there's this major, major problem going on from people who should have been able to su- survive, and for some reason, they were not. So a group of journalists start investigating what exactly happened in these hospitals from all these burn victims that should have been able to survive did not. And so it's this uh, investigative team of journalists uh, move into action, uncovering the mass corruption of the health cent- uh, the care system there, as well as the state institutions and they blow up a pretty big story here in a way that's it's really eye-opening i mean it's a tale that is so applicable to many different governments including our own right here in the these united states um and yeah sometimes it's tough to watch these things because you see just how power corrupts and what pe- the what people are willing to do to cover up such a heinous thing as what happened to these burn victims It's tragic, but it's also hopeful because you see people that are in pursuit of the truth, and they're willing to do uh, anything—honestly, risk it all—to shine a spotlight on what's happened here. And this is, you know, this really, really courageous group of journalists in Romania. And so, Collective, which is on iTunes, I think you have to—I had to rent it to watch Um, it—but it was totally worth it. So it's not streaming on any platforms as of right now. Um, But yeah, Collective. Wonderful documentary. Uh, I have two documentaries in my top 10, so this is the first of them. Mm-hmm. So my number 10 film is Collective. Did either of you catch this one? Okay.
0: I haven't he-
2: Need you get even- on that.
0: Yeah, I haven't even heard of it. That <laughs> sounds amazing, though. I Collective's think I, great. I, I will check that one out. That's great.
1: All right. Number nine, Shannon.
2: Yeah, let's go with another documentary. Um, so this is one I saw at Sundance. It's called The Painter and the Thief. Ooh um it's streaming on hulu now um if you want to catch in i'm assuming a lot of people haven't seen it and i just keep th- i only saw it in january and i keep thinking about it months and months later and so wanted to highlight it here um the film is about a czech artist who she does these really beautiful like huge photorealistic paintings and in the film these thieves break into the gallery, steal two of her paintings. And so at the beginning of the dock, she's kind of trying to hunt down like who took these, what happened to her paintings, trying to get them back. They catch um, one of the thieves. And although he doesn't, he was like on drugs at the time or he doesn't really know what happened to the painting. She befriends him, and instead of, like, criticizing him and trying to just get the painting, she... Well, I guess what happened, she says, well, to pay me back, I would like to paint you. That's how you can pay me back for stealing this painting. Um, And the empathy and love that she shows this person who stole from her, like, she just tries to learn what brought you to this point in your life to make you become a thief, and I don't know, it was just so... um, like, I don't know. It, heartwarming is maybe not quite the right word, but made me have some faith in humanity that there are good people out there, and yeah, it, it was just nice. And I think we all needed a little bit of that this year. So, Painter yep.
1: and the Thief. I've heard yep. great things about this one, and I really, really want to watch it. You said it's streaming.
2: Yes, on Hulu. On
1: Hulu. Okay. Oh, oh check it out. I need it. That's that's a, that's a good. I needed a kick in the butt to to watch that one because it's on my <laughs> list of movies I just I saw was getting a lot of praise. Just hadn't, did not have the time to catch it. So
0: yeah, am I crazy in thinking there aren't a lot of movies that is like? There's just not a lot of praise being thrown around for movies. Period. Like it just feels like there's not as much hype this year for anything. Yeah. There's people talking about stuff. There's definitely stuff going on in the media, but it doesn't feel like there's as much as years past. Even though we're all home and we're all we can stream all these movies. It's kind of weird to me. I don't know, because I haven't even heard of that one. So, yeah. but that doesn't really mean much, because I don't. I'm pretty oblivious to most things. So, <laughs> one thing, think... yeah, one thing I wasn't oblivious to was my number nine movie, Borat. Subsequent movie film. Whoa! Yes, <laughs> Borat is number nine. I'm a huge, huge, huge Sasha Baron Cohen fan I mean, from way back. Yeah, so, back in the uh, Hugo days, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> even before Hugo. I know. Uh, mm-hmm. Talladega Nights, man, I was there. Uh, so yeah, Borat, obviously this is the sequel, Borat, the first Borat was maybe the funniest movie ever made, at least in my lifetime I've ever seen, so um, I didn't have high hopes for the subsequent movie film, but I was entertained. Um, it's not great, it's not as funny as the first one, but there's moments, there's a spirit to it, and there's Borat, so um and plus the whole scene with rudy giuliani that's like that alone is worth watching that was it's hilarious
1: is it safe to say rudy might be the best movie of ever just like rudy could take the top (laughs) six or seven spots on here of just like (laughs) episodes that he's had yeah he's had (laughs) a a clown show yeah he's had a
0: year uh yeah he's interesting character He's um, but had yeah, a this year. Is, yeah, it's very, very, very funny, very, very funny scene, and and so ultimately, like that was my big complaint about Borat. Subsequent movie film is there's not enough of those moments. Yeah, not like the first movie where every basically every little sequence is hilarious. It's very funny. Um, this doesn't have enough of that, and um, you know it's just not as strong as the original. But I laughed. I, there's some funny moments, and I'm again huge Sasha Baron Cone fan. So I think it belongs
1: to number nine. Wow! In my list yeah. subsequent movie film. <laughs> wow!
2: I wanted to text you guys about this because so I had never seen Borat, but I kept hearing good things about the sequel. So I'm like, I will watch both of them. <laughs> I knew that Sasha Baron Cohen did the thing of like he dresses up and goes on unsuspecting unspe- people. I didn't realize Borat was one of those two. And I, it was so deeply uncomfortable for both of those movies that I just sat there like, and <laughs> so I so It, oh, it's so uncomfortable. It is. That's
0: what's great about it. Very uncomfortable. Yeah
2: uh the part in the sequel with i mean bless her heart when he walks into the synagogue with the fake oh, nose yeah. and My in front God. of that jewish woman that was another moment where i'm like man this woman
1: too? isn't that
2: yes oh, yeah. and she should have slapped him across the face unbelievable
1: Unbelievable. It's, I mean, oh, I thought you were going to say boy. the babysitter scene when he drops off his daughter at the beach. Oh, that, that too. And she's the hero of the movie to me because she is yes. like, what is going on? Like the, the, the magic of Borat is how he gets unsuspecting people to do crazy things. Like he's boarding up his daughter at one point. He's nailing in into this crate and the guy helps him do it and doesn't even question the fact there's a human being inside of it you know and he he does this over and over and over again you know the guy at the copy machine pl- getting the faxes and he's reading them and like he's and he's telling him what to send back and and it, i guess no. seeing it, the way he gets people to just go along with whatever his shenanigans are and then he gets to the babysitter who's like not having it and, and as and she's reacting how someone should react and so anyway yes. it's <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> I see. I, I'm I'm very happy to be in
0: those in, in that watching that sort of uncomfortable moment, and so I, I find joy in, in in that in those types of moments. So it's mm. it's perfect for me. I think it's very okay. funny. Mm. Wow.
1: Uh, all right. Well, my number nine, um, probably the movie that will be honestly, that I think 2020 will be most known for, and that's the movie Tenet. Um. I'm surprised they made my top ten to be totally honest with me totally honest with you uh because I didn't have the best of times the first time watching it because I couldn't hear anything and I did not understand anything um and this I saw it two more times in theaters now to be clear I still don't know what happens in this movie it's still mostly nonsense and as much as I can read diagrams on Reddit about you know inversion and what's going on and it doesn't really matter because it's, it's mostly nonsense. However, John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, um, specifically those two, really the, the entire cast. But those two are so fun to watch. They're so fun to see, go on these adventures. Uh, the, the, in Norway, the whatever those things are called. Um, I'm forgetting what they're called with they, the paintings and all the valuables. Um, anyway loved all of that it was a fun action film it underperformed at the box office which had ramifications that were far and wide and we're still feeling those um and it honestly is a big reason why studios pushed their slate into the next year was because this movie did not do well it did not recoup its money let alone make money which is unheard of for christopher nolan uh, a lot of that obviously has to do with the pandemic, not necessarily the quality of this film. But it was a very fun action film. No one does set pieces like Christopher Nolan. There's a whole The whole scene on the highway, again, I can't describe it to you. I'm not the person that can explain what's going on. But it was exhilarating, and it was thrilling. And for me, that's worthy of the top ten, and so my number nine tenant. So So, uh, all right. We're on to our number eight. <laughs> we, we can do this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> We can. Um, So my number eight is First Cow. Um, And I'm curious if this is the one (laughs) that's on other lists, but I guess we'll find out. Um, Yeah, I... I was glad there are several... I think it was a really great year um, for female directors. It was supposed to be a better one, and so many of those films got delayed because of the pandemic. Um, But there are a lot of quieter, smaller films um, by women that I think were fantastic, and this is one of them. Um, So this is from Kelly Reichardt. Yeah, about a man who is in the western frontier decides to try to make his fortune by stealing milk from the first cow in the area and making these oily cakes um i guess this film was just a surprise to me in that i i didn't know much about it before i went into it and it it was just surprising that that's what it ended up being about like this heist to get like milk from yeah the wealthy guy in the area so I don't know it's funny I thought the um framing device with it was really clever um if I remember right I think Stoffer. and maybe did you say like you can skip the first eight minutes of this or <laughs> yeah. I remember someone telling me yeah. you can just skip this but I actually really liked that framing oh, device did you? oh um, good okay once it comes back Back at the end, sure. I'm like, oh, that that was smart. So I don't know if I have much more to say about it than that. I mentioned this to my family over the holidays, and it happened to be on TV, and my dad said, this is the slowest movie. <laughs> like, I had to turn it off after 30 minutes. They were not into it, but yeah. sometimes, like, I just appreciate a slow burn mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So, yep.
1: First kill. Totally I
0: agree. And, and, spoiler, it is showing up on at least one more list later maybe, on
1: maybe Great. maybe two maybe two more
0: <laughs> at least one of us will be milking that cow
2: all right so, it. so, yeah, so number number? Uh,
0: number seven for me eight right. uh number eight excuse me i cannot count so thank you for that.
1: I love how you're trying to get up. You're like, number four. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> uh,
2: My number one film. He only had five movies.
1: <laughs> number seven
2: is,
0: uh, I mean, number eight is The Five Bloods. Spike oh. Lee's Netflix, yeah, yeah, yeah. direct Netflix debut. Uh, I thought this movie was brilliant. It's probably the most fun I've had watching a Spike Lee movie in in quite some time. Um, I did like The Black Klansman. I thought it was a really good movie. But The Five Bloods, I think, is a better movie. I think it's... Um, you have better performances, better writing, um, and Spike is on top of his game. I think this movie is... Uh, it's actually totally... If um, Any other year, I think, and it didn't go straight to Netflix, I think there would have been some Oscar buzz. Maybe there still is some Oscar buzz. I don't know. I think at least for Delroy Lindo, his performance in this movie is incredible. Maybe the performance of his, his career, and uh, he's a hell of an actor. Um, so yeah, I think The Five Bloods is just a really... Really great surprise! I didn't expect much from it. I had heard a little bit about it before I watched it, but uh, really the performances were just stellar, top notch. Uh, was that the last performance for, uh, uh, for the Black Panther? I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, right Chadwick Boseman. Chad, no. Chadwick Boseman. Sorry, yeah. Ma
1: Rainey's, uh, or is he in uh, One what? Night? Is it Ma Rainey's?
2: It's yeah, Ma. Rainey's. Okay, so
0: it's one of his last performances, and and uh, man, it's just so. It's so sad. Obviously, he's he he died so young. But yeah, I mean, he was great in this as he is in everything that he's been in. But again, this movie is um, it's set in Vietnam era. It's about a group of guys that um, stumble upon this treasure and um, how they go back to try to find it. And basically, it's it's the uh, treasure. Basically, it's like an updated version of the Treasure of Sierra Madre, uh, which is a classic f- film. This is like an updated version of it. It's set in Vietnam, and it's just an fantastic Uh, it's a beautiful movie i think i I highly recommend it It probably should have been higher on my list but there's just too many other good choices uh to push it down but no overall a very good movie um i highly recommend it and i think it it definitely belongs in the top 10 for sure so great good job spike
1: all right my number eight is my second documentary my uh the yeah the two documentaries that are in my top 10 and it's boys state uh which is on apple tv plus Plus. Uh, this is a film that covers this Texas camp they do every summer. Uh, I think they do a boys' version. They also have a girls' version. Uh, but basically, uh, the, you have two groups that uh, are two political parties. And they try to model, basically, after you know, our democratic republic, the way our, uh, uh, our lawmaking process is done. Uh, they have like a week or two camp. I'm not exactly sure how long the camp is. But basically, uh, these, these group of boys are in charge of nominating heads of their party, and then they all vote uh, for essentially who is president of the, the whole group. And so that's, that's really the big moment you're leading up to. And the subject in this film of the two different parties are fascinating. And they represent very much the ideological divides of the United States. And this being in Texas, it certainly feels heavy on one little more on one side of the ideological spectrum than the other. However, there's more diverse uh, thinking than you would think in a state like Texas. It's so interesting. Uh, these kids that they, they they choose. I don't know how the document doc, uh, the documentarians chose the subjects that they were going to go in-depth on, but they picked the absolute right people uh, because they, they're behind-the-scenes interviews where they're being honest about how they're feeling and what their actual viewpoints are versus what they're running on for those that are actually um, running for, quote-unquote, office. It's really, really fascinating. It also just struck a chord with me. Personally, it really represented – and not to give away too much of what happens in the end, but um, uh, the Democratic primary uh, was a very brutal uh, process for me personally. Uh, it's no secret that I'm no, not a huge fan of the current president of the United States, and I would like to have him voted out, but I would like him to be voted out by a, a certain type of candidate. And the, the Democratic Party nominated a candidate that was not the one that I wanted at all. And so it was tough. And... Um, It made me. It was right around that same time that that was happening that I watched this, and um, and I remember just the ending and what ends up happening. uh, Yeah, I don't know. It was (laughs) it was a dagger to the heart a little bit, but it was also very real, and I I really resonated with this. I think I thought it was fascinating and really interesting and absolutely worth watching. So for those of you who are on one of those free trials of Apple TV Plus, check out the documentary Boys (laughs) State. It's really really fascinating. So that's my number. eight.
2: And the, I saw that one at Sunday oh, um when it premiered and those kids so the subjects of the documentary were there, they were treated like heroes when they came in for the Q and A afterwards. Wow. People were shaking their hands and crying and oh my I was God. like, Dang, those kids need to run for office now. But wow. I, not a not a surprise given how like Sundance leans toward a more liberal audience yes. and the subjects are pretty liberal for being in Texas. For being in <laughs> but, Texas, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, good pick. Yeah, yeah that, it's, a, it's um, a good
0: watch, but man, I... I don't have much faith in the the youth of tomorrow after seeing that. I know. It's like, I know it's alarming. It it
1: doesn't give you faith in the Republic or the democracy or whatever you want to call it It really doesn't, but it was real. It it was kind of like, well, this is it. Look, I I didn't who the, you know, Biden, not to get too political. My, maybe my last pick for the DNC. And that's who ended up being the one. It was like, well, this is what you get. You know, this is what you get. And it's a little bit like that in boys state. But, yeah
0: yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> With not as high of consequences <laughs> not, not
1: nearly not nearly so. the kids are not given the, nu- the access to the nuclear codes. The uh, they also have functioning oh, fully functioning brains but yep yeah. anyway um, <laughs> uh, Okay, number seven.
2: Yeah, um, <laughs> think I was saying before we started recording, um, it's like I almost made it my mission to pick movies that I didn't think either of you would have on her list. <laughs> this one is really small, and I honestly hadn't heard of it until it got nominated for some indie Ooh. awards, and so, um, it's called 14, um, very small film, <laughs> and honestly, I'm not sure if I can even describe it <laughs> all that well, except... It's really just about the relationship of two childhood friends. Um, they're both women. They It kind of hits them at different points, It uh, shows them at different points of their lives, who they're dating at the time. Um, one of the friends is a little needier than the other. The other one seems more responsible and is always kind of taking care of the other um, to the point where you wonder, why does this woman stick around helping out this friend and you kind of end up figuring out why that is. But um, I just thought the dialogue was great. It's just a really, like, it's a film that relies on the dialogue, doesn't, not super showy, but I thought the performances were really beautiful. And I just like a good, realistic film that's, I could relate to it, like being a girl with friends, (laughs) that like, this is how a lot of my female relationships are. And so, yeah, I just thought it was beautiful and one that more people should check out.
1: Right, fourteen. I'd never even heard of it.
2: Fourteen, mm-hmm. yeah. Is it <laughs> streaming? And that was a terrible.
1: Yeah. Is there? Is it accessible anywhere?
2: It's, it's just on demand. Okay. If you rent it, so I rented it on Apple TV. But yeah, that was a horrible explanation. But there's really not much more to it than no. I think no, like,
0: sometimes there's movies, female
2: friendship. Yay. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's movies that literally <laughs> that's just what they're about, and it's very difficult mm-hmm. to get any deeper unless you actually experience the movie. So. It sounds interesting to me. I mean, I, I like a movie that's yeah. just about a relationship, a simple relationship like that. That's actually. I and mean, you could say First
1: Cow is that. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, I, true.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny you should mention First Cow because that's number seven on my Whoa! list. Whoa. So, Yay. Yes. First Cow. Uh, yeah. So Shannon talked about this, and I, I echo a lot of her sentiments. This is a very quiet, it's a beautiful movie. Like, it's visually beautiful, uh, very simple. Um, very simple story very simply told um not flashy at all by any means but it's very it's like serene when i think of this movie i just think of serenity it's calming it's just um a story that's simply playing out not huge high stakes um but it's very interesting because the characters you kind of you start to root for them you want to see how they're going to succeed and you want them to succeed um so i think it's just like a very timeless story very simple story um about a subject that i didn't know that i wanted anything to do with um a cow on the on the uh in the on the great plains or where the hell they American, are i, I think they Oregon the but yeah it's Oregon yeah, it's a frontier
1: yeah, right.
0: yeah, in the frontier so uh yeah first cow i recommend it it's give it a shot i think if you're looking for just a A simple movie with um, some really great performances too. Like that's the thing. I thought they had some some dynamite performances, uh, solid writing, and um, if you like cooking at all, if you like sweet cakes, this is your movie. (laughs) (laughs) And also, if you like, um, I think. It's cooking and then it's also like, uh, if you like entrepreneurship, because that's what it turns into. Like it's a story small
1: about bu- you support small businesses. Yeah. Yes. 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 If you love small business owners, yes. yeah. <laughs> this
0: is your movie. Yeah. A little so theft, yeah.
1: but yeah. Um, yeah. Well,
0: that's by any means. That's what any, that's what any good entrepreneur does. <laughs> takes advantages of the, uh, the situation that's presented to him.
1: Look, the For pandemic me. is during the pandemic. <laughs> I've gotten a Traeger and an outdoor pizza oven. <laughs> and I can't not say that it's directly related to First Cow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Have
2: you seen, they've posted recipes for the oily cake? Oh, I And Oscar party this year, I'm doing oh, it. Good. I'm going to oh, figure right. out how to make oh, them. I
1: love that idea. Oh, I what's, in, it. what's
0: in the cake, the oily cake? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I'll have to look it up again. I it's pretty basic stuff. It seems just you know, like a pancake. Flour, right? yeah.
1: mm-hmm. So look Yeah, I, pretty much. I, I mean I'm hoping <laughs> that you're not you're literally hopping someone's fence and getting cows milk to make those because if you do that with just normal store-bought milk it's just not going to be the same It's you not need really to mean. steal I mean
2: <laughs> this is Utah I could probably yeah. there are cows around I'm, I'm, j- I'm two miles away so. from
1: uh, a cow I can get to cows pretty easily here in California yeah. Uh, yeah. we have a lot of happy cows here so.
2: <laughs> man that's great
1: uh, alright my number seven uh, don't laugh at me uh, this is an extremely Oscar-baity film. And it worked on me. And I know Aaron's oh, going to no. be ashamed of me. And it's The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Guys, look. I'm I, Sorkin does something for me. And it works, okay? And I, I'm a huge Sacha Baron Cohen fan, which is why this is on my list. <laughs> um, his other film, not on my list. But uh, look... I'm far be it for me to compliment Eddie Redmayne on a performance, okay? He's not a good actor, but he gets <laughs> roles. Um and he does fine here, so give him some points. Um but I love Jeremy Strong. Uh I like I said I love Sasha Baron Cohen. Even um Mr uh, Dunkirk Bridges buys himself. Um Forgetting his name,
0: <laughs> uh, Mark Mark Rylance.
1: Mark Rylance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, look, this was right in the middle of all the protests that were happening due to George Floyd, and it was timely, if not slightly exploitative. But it was, um, it was a film that worked on me. I saw, I, I, I revisited it one other, so I've seen it twice. I liked it. I don't know that I'm going to be rewatching it a ton. So it's weird that I, I, I've, I've sold my eight, nine, and ten a lot more than I am my seven. Um uh, but it is available on Netflix. I think it's absolutely worth watching i, I did enjoy this movie um bring on the eye rolls but trial of the chicago seven it's my number it's my number seven
0: so yeah if you like Sorkin you're gonna like this movie like it's it's pure yeah. sorkin it's like, pure it it's in the
1: courtroom you got jeremy Strong doing very jeremy strong things um mm-hmm. like that guy is weird he seems like he would be not at all fun to hang out with um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Love him Yeah
1: I do too He's so good in succession (laughs) Um, But yeah So anyway Um, That's my number seven
2: Stoffer, I you need to finish Mangrove. <laughs> I know because the fact it's that, trial that this makes Chicago it Chicago Seven, but better. <laughs> okay,
1: okay. Nice. I, I I I've started Mangrove. That was my
2: take on that movie. Okay. It's a fair. lot better.
1: <laughs> mangrove is very good. I'm about halfway through it. I have not finished it yet, but yeah. um, but the thing kind is, of is, similar. It's also in the London, and, and I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. Harder for me to care about the Brits, right? Like <laughs> over across the aisle. Like I care a little bit more about what happens here. If I'm being totally honest, but uh, yeah. No, I need to finish Mangrove. Fair. That's, that's fair. Fair. <laughs> okay, number six.
2: Yeah, here we go again with really small films. Yes. <laughs> I'm noticing a theme. Number s- yeah, uh, my number six is Shit House, Um oh, yes. the debut Hello. film from Cooper Wraith. Yeah, sorry, there's your explicit uh, thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, this film was another one that I had not heard about until it came up on other podcasts and some of the top uh, movie lists of the year. Um, It's a very small, very low budget film um, about a college freshman who's just really lonely and sad and is having a hard time being away from his family now that he's in college. And I I just loved this because I think that's something that doesn't get covered in film very often when you talk about college students it's always like sororities and fraternities and parties and drinking and all of this and this is just a poor guy that's like but I love my mom and my sister and I just want to be home with my mom um yeah he meets a girl at a party at the titular shit house and um they hit it off and so it's just a cute like Kind of a rom-com in a way, but this lonely kid just trying to figure out his life. It's very charming, and again, I think this year, just because there weren't a lot of studio films we could see, kind of highlighted a bunch of these lower-budget small films that maybe no one would have noticed, so that's my number six. Great.
1: I've heard great things about this movie, and I've been really wanting to see it, so Mm -hmm. this is great.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, Aaron, what's your number (laughs) six?
0: For number six, I have an Amazon exclusive: "The Sound of Metal."
1: Ooh, yeah,
0: I, I love this movie. It was, uh, and it's primarily primarily because of the performance of Riz Ahmed. I am again a huge Riz Ahmed fan. We've talked about this on other podcasts. He's one of my favorite actors by far. I think he's so versatile, and this is another chance for him to go a different route. I mean, he plays a heavy metal drummer, which I don't think that if you look at Riz Ahmed, I would not peg him as someone who's a heavy metal drummer. <laughs> um, but he's awesome in this. He's for anyone that doesn't know, it's a story of a of a, a heavy metal drummer who loses his uh, ability to hear, and it's all about his struggles to accept the fact that he can no longer hear, and um, and how uh, he has to just learn to be deaf. Like that's one of the first lessons that he gets. When um, he goes to this school and he gets like a mentor, um, the guy flat out says, "You need to learn. Like the first thing you need to do is learn how to be deaf," and he resists at all all opportunities. Um, and so this movie is all about learning to accept change and uh, to evolve as a person, as human being. And um, he really gets to showcase the complexity of humanity in this character. I think, you know, if you look at the character, he's got tattoos, he's like a, he's a bad boy, he um, causes disturbance and just uh, does whatever he wants, kind of a nihilist in a way, but you can tell at the heart, he, he does have a heart. Like, there is something beyond that exterior, and um, he really gets to showcase that once he forms these relationships with the people that are also in that school, and uh, it's just a great performance overall. It's a good story, um just overall a very good movie and i and, um i i thought it might end up higher on my list but uh, ultimately it was um it drags in some parts and i think that's like my biggest complaint about it it's not you know it, it could have been tightened up a little bit here and here and there but um yes for, for me this is like this probably had my favorite ending of any movie that i've seen this year um yeah very controversial i'd imagine but i, I loved it i think uh it's a very good movie. Uh, Sound of Metal is my number six for good reason. So
1: great, 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 great. I need to finish watching it. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I need to
0: finish watching. Yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, it's Riz, uh, man. Riz Ahmed.
1: I love Riz, man, since yes. Nightcrawler. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish he could have. I wish they gave him more to do in Star Wars than a you know a character oh, know. that dies. But um, spoiler great. Yeah, Rogue More One. Warning. Rogue One. They all die. Sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, my number six uh, is an exclusive to HBO Max, and uh, that's Wonder. Mm-hmm. No, I'm. Uh, um, oh boy. I was <laughs> I'm, yeah, say. No, it's not. It's not Wonder <laughs> Woman. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say The Witches with Anne Hathaway. No. Also, oh, that's HBO Max no. exclusive. Not my number six film. Um, my number six is Bad Education, starring Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney. And it's here for several reasons. One, it's uh, it, this is Hugh Jackman's greatest performance in his very large career. We've seen Hugh Jackman do so many different things. This is the best I've ever seen him. And it's really, really special. His performance is so good. Uh, th- I won't break down too much. This is based on a true story about the largest uh, fraud uh, act of fraud in public education history. Um, this isn't revealing too much to say, but early on in the film, just there's a scene that really it spoke to me and it really kind of I mean, this is why it's in my top 10. And it's early on in the film that when the school board discovers that the assistant superintendent played by Allison Janney uh, is guilty of some financial impropriety. There's some money missing. And so the school board meets and they're like, well, there's we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars that have been you know, stolen here, embezzled. Um, and Hugh Jackman walks in there, and you know his job is basically to get them, to talk them into not reporting it to the police. And in this scene, I'm thinking, there's no chance these people aren't going to report this. This is a huge crime committed. Of course they're going, they have both a legal and ethical responsibility to report it to the police. And he goes in there, and I'm very skeptical about his ability to persuade them to do otherwise. And as he brings up, if we're at this school, the school district... Uh, gets embroiled in scandal. It means the Ivy League schools are going to stop, you know, accepting students at the rate. And if that happens, our the grade, the rankings of our schools go down, which then hurts the property values of all of our homes. And the minute he invokes property value, you see the look in the school board members, of the school board's eyes of like, oh yeah. He's right. We cannot allow that. And there's this funny thing that humans do when their the value of their home is challenged, or, or uh, <laughs> if there's a chance that the their home value could go down, people lose their minds. Their moral compass goes out the window, and they are at that point. It's just all bets are off. And this is true. It just across the board, and it's really sad to see. But the minute he invokes that, with you know good logic, at least. You can see in the minds like, oh, yeah, we can't have that. And they decide to just have this character pay it back and she has to resign quietly, but they won't get the police involved. And it becomes for me in that scene, I went from like there's no chance he's going to be able to convince them to all the way to like, oh, yeah, that's totally the way to do it. <laughs> and it, it's really remarkable. Um, and part of that's Hugh Jackman's acting. And part of that's just the the very real the aspect, like the very real life thing of telling people their property value is going to go home if they do something. And that will keep people from doing things um and so anyway this uh it's there's a lot more to this movie than just that scene or in and a lot more than just financial impropriety in the public education system but it is it's honestly the the performance is b- both from Alice and Janey and uh from Hugh Jackman are breathtaking so my number 6 is bad education have either of you seen it yeah okay loved it okay Aaron you got to watch I
2: it i agree that's his best performance oh, yeah. Which is saying something Because I love Hugh yeah. Jackman yeah, a lot He's so good at
1: Better than Wolverine Better than Wolverine What? Yes It's better than Wolverine Oh <laughs> Wolverine yeah Yes Honestly I, I would The argue... X-Men
2: is also my favorite Of the superhero oh, nice. stuff yeah, is And Wolverine is my favorite cool. Superhero right so I love me I would say he's, he's got Sharper claws in this but...
1: one But yeah Um <laughs> Uh, so, all right, we're entering our top five, our five favorite films of Yay. 2020. So, well, Shannon, what's the number five?
2: Yeah, so my number five is Wolfwalkers, um, which I think is bar none the best animated film of the year. Um, sorry to Soul, which I really did enjoy, and Onward, which I also really enjoyed. But I thought Wolfwalkers was breathtaking. Um, it's about a young girl who she and her father go to ireland he's a hunter and he's kind of tasked with killing all of the wolves in this area um but there are legends around the wolves like the people who live there think they're bad and evil but really they're kind of like magical and mystical and so um the girl befriends um a girl that's one of these wolf walkers so i don't want to give away too much but um a girl who she's a girl during the day. When she goes to sleep at night, she turns into a wolf and she kind of controls the other wolves. Um, and she befriends her, and then that kind of leads her to question whether anyone should be hunting these wolves. Um, the style of animation is just really beautiful. Um, it's fun. It's got kind of, I don't know, like old legend, Lord of the Rings kind of fantasy vibes to it that I really enjoyed. Um, and yeah, I saw this at the drive in and it was very, very cold because <laughs> it was at the end of October. And it's, yeah, I don't have like you guys do the nicer weather in California around. <laughs> so the drive ins haven't held out as long. <laughs> but um, yeah, still stuck around, bundled up, and enjoyed it. Great. So yeah, it's my number five.
1: I, once again, it, I hear great things about that one. Is it? <laughs> just, oh, yeah. Where can you see it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's available now on Apple TV+. Plus. Ooh, Apple TV+. I should Plus. Okay. that, too. Yeah.
0: I'm just so waiting for one mo- all stream it. Yeah, I'm waiting for a movie that Shannon mentions that I've actually seen or heard of. <laughs> <laughs> so I think my goal this is... This is my goal! <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that one, actually, I did, I've heard of that one. It does sound very interesting. Uh, I don't know if I'll watch it, but you you did kind of sell me on it, so thank you.
2: Well, you don't love that. You don't love animation. That's correct, that right? And
0: that is true. <laughs> I do remember that, <laughs> which makes yeah. my number five pick pretty interesting, because number five Ooh. I have the movie Soul. Oh, whoa! The Yay, Pixar whoa. animated film Soul.
1: Whoa. Um, <laughs> oh as I
0: mentioned, I do not like animated movies. I don't like cartoons whatsoever. <laughs> I am not a child. Yes. Um, I was just gonna no, say, Aaron no. famously
1: <laughs> says, "I don't watch animated movies because I'm not a child." <laughs> <laughs>
0: But no, this, this movie, I, uh, obviously I heard great things about it. Uh, Jamie Foxx is a uh, voice's main character. Love Jamie Foxx. Um, and I just decided to take a chance on it because, you know, Pixar is great. I loved Toy Story when I was a kid. I loved all the Toy Stories. Um, Pixar is just amazing at what they do. Uh, so I gave this one a shot, and I was pleasantly surprised. Soul is a great movie. It's yeah. very entertaining. Um, the music is amazing. Performances are great as usual. Um, the artwork is beautiful. It's Pixar, so you know that's going to be top-notch. Um, but overall, the story—I I just really enjoyed the story for how um, adult it was. It was very—it um, tackles some very interesting concepts and very deep conce- uh, concepts. Has some 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 conversations or makes you think about things that um, I wasn't expecting in a, in a cartoon. Watching a cartoon, that's for sure. So I, I appreciated everything they did in Soul and um, just a very entertaining movie. And I think. It's easily in my top five for 2020. So I highly recommend it.
1: Well, uh, it's interesting because – so my number five is the best animated film of the year, and that's Soul. <laughs> <laughs> good so, call. Very we good We all call. went animated. We all went animated. And yeah. all of us went with what we believe is the best animated film of the yeah. year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really say more, a whole lot more about it than Aaron, other other than the fact that I just, Pete Doctor is one of the most imaginative minds on the planet. I love his Pixar films. He's done Up, which is my favorite. Monsters, Inc., which is probably like my third favorite. He's done Inside Out, which is also my top five. And while I wouldn't put Soul above those three films. Uh, I would. Yeah, see, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not quite there yet. Maybe, maybe with repeated viewings. I've seen it twice now. But Soul is special. Soul is special. And it's also one that I would be surprised that kids would be rewatching. Although I have been told from some of my friends with children that their kids have been it's been on repeat. So that is surprising to hear because this one feels like, you know, Pixar's magic is being able to make a kid's movie that also can speak to adults on another another level. This, however, this film is the most I feel like Pixar has aired on the side of speaking to adults more than children Um, and, and like brazenly so. And at, at the expense of not having some of the humor and, I, there's a little bit of that in there for kids. Um, but there's a lot of existential themes explored here. There's a lot of what's the purpose of life, living your best life, what is success? What is you know and just being re- so reflective. Uh, it's just this is what Pete Doctor does. He has depth. He tells stories with depth and soul is, you know another one in a long line of triumphs from Pete Doctor. So huge fan. Uh, Pete Doctor and uh, is it Ken Pow- uh Ooh, that's co-director. I keep saying Pete Doctor, but this was directed. He had a co-director, uh, Powers. I'm forgetting his first name. Um, which? Yeah. Do you know what is either of you? No. No. I know it's no. Powers. So I got the last name. <laughs> Doctor and Powers. Um, but Austin. Um, what's uh, yeah? What's it, Austin? Austin Powers. <laughs> No? Yeah, not Austin. Not Austin. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not going to move on to the next one until I've, I've You got to look of this, it up. Uh Phone a friend. It's Kemp Powers. Is it what is it? K E M Oh, it's Kemp, Kemp Powers. That's right. I was going to say Kenny Powers, but I'm like <laughs> that's I think not that's a name? I think Kemp Kenny Powers?
0: That is Kenny, not a name.
2: Kenny Powers?
0: How is that a name?
1: Isn't Kenny Powers from Eastbound and Down? <laughs> Kenny Powers,
0: yeah. Kenny <laughs> <Okay>. Powers
1: definitely. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I was like, I don't think that's that's yeah, that's Danny McBride. Um <laughs> okay uh Kent powers who who clearly was someone they needed to bring in um to be able to tell the story the right way, and you know a lot of the jazz elements, a lot of the cultural elements, you know stuff that Pete Doctor shouldn't be taking on, you know he rightfully brought on a co-director and it, and it's the film was all the more rich as a result, so anyway, number five is soul <sighs> number four
2: yeah, so <laughs> um this one i'm pretty biased on so truthfully this film was the one film for this year that i gave five stars on letterbox but i it, it is totally because of a personal bias so i feel like i couldn't really rightfully put it at number one without you guys killing me um but this is miss americana the documentary about Taylor Swift. oh sweet i love it um, <laughs> I saw it at Sundance, um, watched it again recently. So I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> I've seen her in concerts several times. I've been a fan of hers from the beginning. Um, so I was going to like this anyway. we went. Um, but I think <laughs> what made this documentary really important and impactful for me this year um, is it's really about Taylor Swift and... Um, Early in her career trying to be kind of the good girl, she's in country music, so where all the fans are pretty conservative, the majority of fans are pretty conservative, so she's trying to live up to a certain, like, stereotype, and it's really her kind of coming into her own politically and deciding, no, this is what I believe in, and I have the right to talk about it, even if that's not all my fans agree with me. Not even if some people don't think they should hear from me because I'm too young or I'm just a celebrity, just a singer or whatnot, um, and just this being an election year in a year that I think I kind of had a similar transformation of <laughs> myself, where you know I come from a very conservative background and realizing hmm, there are some things about you know this kind of lifestyle that I don't actually agree with anymore and. Um, it's kind of hard to come to that realization. So even though she's a woman who's worth millions of dollars and is super famous, and I am not. um, Yet. I think.
0: Give it time. Yeah.
2: Yet. (laughs) Um, I think that's kind of the magic of Taylor Swift is she's so relatable. Um, Her songs have always been this way, but I think in this documentary there's a whole lot to relate to her. So yeah, and it's also just fun as a fan of her to see her like writing her songs and that whole process. So, yeah, I just so I know I, I'm biased. To I'm not going ki- to. I, I wouldn't
1: kill you. Have <laughs> had you put this in number yeah. one? I mean, you speak yeah, yeah. to. Uh, I I watched this movie, and uh, yay! Yeah, well, so you, I mean, you you. There's a scene in the film that I think is just exhilarating and that it's just her sitting on the couch with other people her father i believe as well as like her managers and people and it's funny because you talk about her being super famous having hundreds of millions of dollars or however rich she is i think she's very rich (laughs) um and with that comes power and ability but in this moment in this scene she is talking about wanting to post an opinion about i believe it was senator marcia blackburn of tennessee yeah. Uh, her election, yep. and she's like, I'm gonna, you know, I represent in some way Nashville or, or Tennessee, the state of Tennessee, and uh it, and, and that I want, you know, I, I want to speak out against this. And you see the people who have been stage managing her for most of her life, even though she is the star here, and she's she has autonomy to a level, you can tell she's been un- she's been controlled to a certain extent by the people who are telling her it's not in your financial best interest to be political, it's not in your, you know, and you see them losing in this moment that power that they've had to control that as she's saying no, I'm going to do this and they're voicing their concerns saying, well, is this really what you want to do? And you just, in this moment, you start to see like, oh, She's gaining her independence in this moment as it's slipping away and they realize they can't really tell her you can't do this anymore. She can do whatever she wants. She can voice her political opinion. It's pretty powerful. It's actually really – I'm glad that – it's amazing they caught it on tape. But it's a really really great moment.
0: That's interesting to me because I have no interest in – I mean Taylor Swift is whatever to me. I don't really care (laughs) one way or the other. But that right there, like just hearing about that is very interesting to me, like especially, you know – Hearing Shannon's thoughts on it, as someone that's a longtime fan, um, that's—I mean—you're making a compelling case for me to check this out. I love music documentaries; I I love them. So um, that's actually sounding really interesting to me. I, I might check that out. But yeah, to hear um, someone, especially like her, where she's come from, like you said, basically treated like a commodity, um, to now being a human being who is a, a woman who's powerful on um who has control over her own thoughts and the way that she's perceived in the public like that's fascinating to me so yeah very 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 interesting as someone who's not even a fan really so
2: yeah and it just resonates so strongly i think it all comes back to her whole life she's just wanted acceptance like her idea of success is people thinking she's good and like getting these outward signs of you know i'm getting awards and you know people are saying i'm great and whatnot and i think as you grow older <laughs> at least i found that like you success needs to come internally like you need to you know have that confidence in yourself and so seeing her kind of go through that was inspiring and so. that's
0: a common theme with the movie soul That's one of the overarching games. The nice connection there, awesome. Fair enough, yeah. (laughs) So that was uh, your number four, was that right?
2: Correct. And it's streaming on Netflix.
0: I'm actually going to check that one out, so good call. You guys sold me. Um, Number four for me is a movie that's streaming on Apple TV exclusively, On the Rocks. Oh! Yes, Sofia Coppola. So, directed by Sofia Coppola, starring Bill Murray and Rashida Jones, uh, and Marlon Wayans. Yes. This is, I mean, I, of course, huge huge Bill Murray fan. Rashida Jones is hilarious. I think uh, Sofia Coppola is super talented. This movie is very, very fun to me. It's all about the relationship of... Uh, so, the premise is uh, Rashida Jones thinks that her husband is cheating on her. And um, she employs the help of her, like, semi-estranged father, Bill Murray, Uh, Bill Murray is the super wealthy guy. We don't really know how he he made his money, but he's extremely charismatic. He's playing Bill Murray, essentially. Yes. Um, And so this movie is all about how she needs his help, or she doesn't really need his help. He just kind of imposes his help on her to figure out um, if her husband's cheating on her or not. And it seems like he is. And so uh, Bill Murray, her father, sticks his nose in things and comes up with these wild, crazy plans to trap her husband, um, to find out what he's doing all, on these long nights and these long work um, work trips with his new assistant that he's working with, and uh, it's just a, a fun movie about this relationship between these two um, adults now, and how um, how Rashida Jones again is a woman now, and she's understanding like how her father. Um, why why he left them and like basically his flaws as human being, and um, it's all exploring their relationship as a father and daughter, and as two adults. And I think that's really what's the meat of this story is just how these two adults come together, and um, you know along the way it's just like they have their their relationship, the playfulness, and uh, but there's also like th- there's also the pain there. There's also the a disappointment there. That's um, you know it's been there since she was a child when he left basically, and so they also tackle that. And um, there's just a lot of complexity there. But meanwhile, it's a fun movie. Like it's the the theme overall is just like yes, there's the, uh, they don't have the best relationship, but they're kind of like they're kind of making it stronger by doing this stupid act of like spying on her husband. Um, so it's it's just a really good movie. I, I enjoyed it highly. So. I recommend it um, greatly uh, on the rocks streaming on Apple TV.
1: Great. I think you're right about this is Bill Murray playing Bill Murray because Mm -hmm. uh, there's no bigger (laughs) fan of Bill Murray than me. Uh, We've this podcast, we've long, we have told all the stories, my personal stories of me and Bill Murray uh, and our exchange of (laughs) baked goods. We won't get into it, but um, we've had multiple interactions. However, if you read into his, actual personal life you're going to read some things you're not going to want to learn about someone that is so likable and charismatic and hilarious and funny it seems like he's hasn't been the best of husbands (laughs) uh um and and maybe not the best of who am i to judge i don't know exactly what kind of father he is but it strikes me as the the character that sofia coppola wrote for him is really based off of him but at the same time you see the charisma and how much like it's hard to he has this magnetism where it's hard not to just go along with something that he's pitching because he's so fun, he's so funny, and he's in- but it's also all those things that can make him, you know, the terrible father that he was in the movie at least. Um, and so I found that fascinating because like everything he's kind of like pushing her to do, you're just like, this is deeply irresponsible, but you're also like happy to see a daughter and a father, you know. Uh, bonding, even mm-hmm. it's even if they're bonding over a terrible idea, like you had said. <laughs> but it feels like something Bill Murray would do. Yes, you know, absolutely. even a scene where he gets out of a traffic ticket. It's like that's how mm-hmm. Bill Murray gets out of a traffic ticket, other than just being Bill Murray. That's a magical
0: scene right there. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, that's such a great scene. It's
1: a great scene. Yeah, yeah. good. Um, okay, I'm at number four, which is has been spoken of already. It's Five Bloods, Spike Lee's film streaming exclusively on netflix i love 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 love, loved this movie um i loved seeing jonathan majors in it who was in i think it was my second uh number two film of last year the last black man in san francisco um love seeing jonathan majors get work he's awesome but to aaron's earlier point Delry lindo gives the performance of his career he should be winning Best Supporting, if not Best Actor. I don't. I, I think Supporting Actor would be what he'd be nominated for. I'm not totally sure, but he is so good in this movie. Uh, especially rewatching it after the passing of Chadwick Boseman, given the fact that his character is something of a ghost that hangs over the film in flashbacks and in all these different scenes. And even after he passed, which is tragic, and that really shouldn't matter in the way we view it, but it does affect the viewing experience. And it did for me when I revisited it. I. First saw it before he had passed, and then I watched it again um, after, and it was just—I don't know—it it, it added a whole other element to it. Uh, but he is very good in his limited screen time. Um, I mean, what a role to go out on that! I, you know, he, I know he had one more after, but still, really something special. Uh, the movie is pretty wild; it goes in directions I didn't expect. Uh, I always love to see Paul Walter Hauser just pop in randomly into mm-hmm. stuff. Like I, I welcome that. I just <laughs> finished watching Cobra Kai season two, which he's in. Um, which randomly. I'm like, Paul Walter yeah. Hauser, you have a, an Academy Award dom- nomination. You don't need to be doing Karate Kid reboot stuff. What are we What are we doing? But, but
0: I would say he does because <laughs> <laughs> he's great. <laughs> he's great.
1: He's great. He was even in the Quibi uh, Reno 911 reboot. He was like in an episode. I love it. I love Paul Walter Hauser. Just. Mm-hmm. Just picking projects, whatever he wants to do. He's not too big for anything. I love it. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Five Bloods, really strong movie. Really, really loved it. That's my number four.
2: Yes, I need to revisit that one since Chadwick Boseman's mm-hmm. passing. Um, great. We ready for the yeah, top three? We are. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Um. So my number three is Promising Young Woman. Oh, truthfully. If it were not for the ending of this movie, this would be my number one movie, and it really frustrates me. And I can't get into it because I don't want to spoil things. Thank you. But yeah, <laughs> Carrie Mulligan movie. Um, promising young woman, woman.
1: Yes. No. Wait, who's who's a promising young woman? Is it Carrie Mulligan? Okay. Yes, it's okay. Carrie
2: Mulligan. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Carrie Mulligan plays this woman who. <laughs> the whole thing's kind of a re- a revenge tale um, I want to make sure I'm not spoiling too, <laughs> spoiling things too much <laughs> she um, she has a friend who was assaulted when they were in med school and so now she's like taken it upon herself to um, go out to bars pretend that she's drunk wait for creepy guys to kind of hit on her and get to the point of nearly raping her and then she turns on them and says well you should not be doing that look at yourself look at your choices look at what you're doing um and yeah it's (laughs) I think it's the most like engaged I've been in a movie this year I wasn't sure where it was going the soundtrack is fascinating Carrie Mulligan's performance is so great um the people cast in the roles of these men that she goes after is really interesting too um it's got oh dang it now i'm gonna forget his name from the oc oh Oh. brody and yes brody Brody, thank you (laughs) is one of them and it casts these people that you've seen in these teen movies like being that kind of nice guy Uh and then they're not um Bo Burnham plays her love interest in oh, it, which wow. oh. is, he's fantastic in this movie, um, and just, that's one of the sweetest moments. In a movie that's not really sweet or really romantic, there's a really sweet scene between the two of them. Um, yeah, again, I'm not sure how much else to say, um, other than, oh, without giving things away, it... I think at the beginning of the film, it also kind of has an interesting point of, yes, she's going after these men, but at what cost to her? And is this really worth it to her? And I think at the end, it kind of throws those ideas out the window, which makes me frustrated, but yes.
1: But still strong enough to make your top three. It's
2: it's just a wacky movie. <laughs> I've seen the trailer yeah, so.
0: for it, it looks really interesting so. Yeah it does,
1: yeah It's yeah, a heck of a trailer, because so I've only ever seen the trailer Yeah, But yeah. it's like, I mean it looks Yeah, it looks very, intense
0: Very interesting premise, that's for sure <laughs>
2: Yes So anyway, playing in theaters Now, mm. go see it if you can Or wait until it's on demand But I wouldn't read much about okay. it Beforehand, just go into it
1: Alright, Aaron Alright Number
0: three, I have uh, the movie Palm Springs.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: I don't... First of all, I don't like Andy Samberg. I never have. Whoa. But this movie was so good that I'm an Andy Samberg fan all of a sudden. This is... I love Palm Springs. It was... It's Groundhog Day, but the best way to update it. I think it's so funny. It's so fun. Um, it's so lighthearted, and uh, it's just a very enjoyable watch. I think Palm Springs is just... I had so much fun watching this movie that uh, it was the perfect... It came out at the perfect time. It was like, I think, the, like near the start of the quarantine, basically. Um, and I just... I, I I I love this movie so much. It was. Um, you also have performances by... Um, uh, oh, what's June his name? June Squibb.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and um, oh, from... Oh, man, I can't think of his name.
1: Um, You're talking about...
0: From Spider-Man, the boss, J. Jordan Jameson.
1: Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. J.K. Yes, Simmons. Yes, J.K. Simmons. Thank yeah. you so much. Yes, J.K.
0: Simmons <laughs> is awesome in this. He's, he's the he's, best part in my opinion. Yeah, he's so, so good in <laughs> so this. Good. Um, as oh, the yeah. bad guy, right? So yeah. uh, this movie is, again, it's Groundhog Day. We've seen this premise before. It's You're reliving the same day over and over again. Um, but the setting for this one is, uh, it's, a, it's the day before a wedding or uh, something like that. And uh, Andy Samberg is stuck in time. And he's reliving that same day um, on a Palm Springs resort, and um, he's just he just gets to play in that in that sort of sandbox where any, nothing matters because uh, time is going to restart after 24 hours. And um, the whole the whole uh, kink of this story is uh, that someone can get sucked into that time loop with him. So he sucks some girl that he meets into that loop. And um, they kind of form a relationship, and then uh, things happen, and, and it gets pretty interesting. So it's a good movie. I, I recommend it. And um, I think it's streaming on Netflix, or is it?
1: No, Hulu. Hulu, it's Hulu. Hulu, Hulu. Yeah. Sorry,
0: that's right. It is streaming on Hulu. So yeah, I, I like it a lot. Fun yes, movie, mean, funny. This is
1: my number 10 film that got pushed yeah. right before, you know. <laughs> um, you're right. Like, so the reason why I pushed it, oh, it's right in the bubble for me, is... I love Groundhog Day. It's one of my five favorite films of all time. Or it's in my top ten favorite films of all time. You can't be better than Groundhog Day. This movie's not better than Groundhog Day, but it is hilarious, and it's a refreshing, you know, revisit to this formula. If not one that's been maybe overdone, um, but it's hilarious. They do a bunch of stuff that's like, oh, it's a little more relatable to me than in maybe Groundhog Day in terms of like how you spend that time. Although I would become a concert pianist if I had all the time (laughs) in the world. (laughs) Um, But, um, uh, yeah, uh, I I don't want to go into the negatives of it because it's almost made my top 10. I just don't know if I love the characters and the decisions they make. Sure, And I don't really like them as people. And I think that's no, why that's I a good struggled. Point. That's, good. <laughs> that's a very. Like, good I'm point talking about because Kristen yeah. is it Kristen Milioti, Miliotti? I don't know how to say her name. Miliotti. And Andy Sandberg. Mm-hmm. Both of them. I don't, I would not go as far to call them the two of them a basket of deplorables. However. <laughs> 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 no, it's just I wanted to like their characters more than I did, and and I found them. Yeah. Anyway, it, but it is such a fun movie. So. It, I I don't I don't blame either V for. Yeah. You know, that was my number uh, three. liking the, Anyway, so my number three. <laughs> uh, David Fincher's Mank. Mank. Um, that's my Orson Welles. Um, <laughs> Perfect. That was spot on. <laughs> so actually, good. Thanks. Thanks. I've worked on that. That's all I've been doing all morning long. Lindsay's like, can you stop? And I'm like, Mank. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I love this movie. I've rewatched it more than any other film on my top ten. And uh I got no real Citizen Kane kick leading up to it. We did a whole episode on it, so I didn't rehash all of that. but uh, i I love David Fincher. He's on my Mount Rushmore. I love the work he does, and uh, this is very different than some of his other. Uh, a lot of his other work. It's also very similar in some ways, but this is a little bit of a different Fincher film. It's also one that's hard for me to like always recommend to people because there's just qualifiers, you know you have to. Love Fincher, also love cinema. Be okay with black and white. The audio is going to be a little different. You know, it's just not the type of thing you can just plug and play for my parents, and they're going to love it. Um, in fact, I would say if you don't know anything about Citizen Kane, I don't think this movie is all that interesting. Because some, you know, some people say like, oh, you don't need to watch Citizen Kane. It's helpful. I'm like, no, I actually think it's essential uh, for you to have seen Citizen Kane for this movie to have the, totally. the impact that it does. And so, yeah. um, I love Gary Oldman's performance. This is much like Allison Janney. Uh, Gary Oldman uh, has w- won an Oscar for a film that maybe he shouldn't have won for um, and then he gives a performance that he should win for. Like, Allison Janney in Bad Education deserves an Oscar for that, where I didn't really care so much about her performance in I, um, That's <laughs> how I feel about Gary Oldman in The Darkest Hour, which, which he got his Oscar. It's like, well, no, give him the Oscar for Mank. He's so good in Mank. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, I, I really, really love this film. Again, with those qualifiers in place, it, it was something that Um, I mean, he was at my number one up until this morning. Again, my top three all vied for the number one spot up until we hit record. Mm -hmm. I just had to put them in an order. Mm -hmm. And I feel good about my order, but the top three, I mean, the difference between all three of these is just razor thin. So my number three is Mank.
0: Hey, Shannon. um, Did you like Mank? What'd you
2: think of it? I did. Well, first, I'm dying to know now what your two and one were because I thought for sure that was your number <laughs> yeah. one. Um, I did. It's not on my list, and I really wish I had had time. I was trying to cram in so many new movies I hadn't seen and trying to catch up. I really want to go back and watch Citizen Kane and then watch Mank because I've seen Citizen Kane, but I didn't watch it again before seeing it, and I think there's so many things I missed because of that. Um, but I did really enjoy it. Yeah, my brother, the whole plot was kind of lost on him because he didn't really know the backstory of, um, oh, what's the newspaper? Yeah, Teichen's William name. Randolph Hearst. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't really know that Hearst was the inspiration for Kane and all that. So I do think you need to be clued into definitely. a little bit of that before you can see it. But
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's true. And Amanda Seyfried, who should, will and should win an Oscar for this film, is so good in this movie. Uh, I talked about Gary Oldman. She should
2: have been in it more. I know. That, yeah. That's actually my big yeah. complaint no, about it, good. is I wanted that's twice good. as much yeah, of she's her. She's so good.
1: She's really, really good.
2: She's very, very good. And I think I also wanted, like, toward the end, it seems like the film is supposed to be about like oh Mankiewicz deserves more credit than he got or Orson else got all the credit and I feel like the film didn't really set that up from the beginning I wish it had more focus and that that was like the whole there was a thread of that through the entire film rather than it just being at the end but so if it had been more focused too I don't know I did like it <laughs> but anyway uh, number two, yeah, number two. <laughs> Um, so my number two is Sound of Metal, mm. uh, which Aaron talked wow. about.
1: I need to finish watching all. Very good call.
2: I, <laughs> you need to finish watching <laughs> it. Um, I don't know what more I can say about it that Aaron didn't already say, but um, agreed that Rosa Med, I think, is the performance of the year. I think it's so moving. Um, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned, too, he's not only a drummer, but he is a former addict. Oh, and good I point, think yeah that's awesome because he treats I've heard in a lot of the criticism about it that he treats this loss of hearing like an addiction like he's trying to get his hearing back um and at what cost to him is he what is he willing to give up that's actually more important just to get that hearing back um it's just really moving and the sound design is just really incredible and the way the whole film's put together so that we can experience what I can't even remember his character's name, but what yeah. Riz is experiencing. Um, there are times where people at this—I um, don't even know what you call the—it's like a he's commune, is, basically
0: but, a commune for pretty yeah, much, yeah, for the hard of hearing. Yeah.
2: Um, but these people are speaking in sign language, and there are no captions. Like he doesn't understand that. what they're saying, so we can't yeah. either, and um yeah there are points where it kind of muffles out the sound because he can't hear what's happening anymore and so we have that same experience and so i just was really engrossed in to what was happening to him because of the sound design and kind of how that whole film's made so yeah it's just really beautiful and i agree with Aaron. the the best ending i think from this year so Won't give it away, but finish it. Yeah, wow, <laughs>
1: man! I am, I am a, I'm i I'm a man watched, ashamed.
0: He, he's watched Mank twelve times,
1: but he cannot finish
0: the Sound of Metal. <laughs>
1: Gosh, oh, what a picture, no. Homer! Oh man. Mm. <laughs> okay, Aaron, what's your number two?
0: Uh, number two for me is going to be a controversial pick, but I don't care. It's it's the movie Way Back with Ben Affleck. Oh, I loved it. I loved the movie. For me, this is like. This is my catnip. Like everything about this movie is.
1: It's a documentary. What
0: I love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, it's a sports movie. I am a sports junkie. I love mm-hmm. sports movies. Love them. Um, second of all, it's starring Ben Affleck. I love Ben Affleck. Huge fan for 20 years. I've been a fan of the guy. Um, directed by I think it's directed by Gavin uh,
1: O'Connor yeah
0: yes a a huge fan of Gavin O'Connor yeah so yeah everything about this was like and then of course the subject matter is like something that's you know my family's dealt with and and so all this stuff was really like geared towards me enjoying this movie and I absolutely loved it we did an episode on it we talked about all the things that it hit on Mm -hmm. that I thought it nailed Um, I I just absolutely love this movie and and, um, I can't you know, I understand people aren't going to like it because technically it's, you know, it's, we've traveled down these roads before. It's nothing new. We've talked, we've seen movies like this many, many times before in the past. Um, but I think it's just, everything about it is just special to me. And, and I liked it so much that I have to put it at my number two. Um, so give it a chance if you don't, you know, even if you don't like Ben Affleck or whatever, this is, this is a very good performance by him. And it's a good movie. It's hard. It's, it tugs at the heartstrings. Um, it's it's a little sappy, a little cheesy, but that's okay. Like I think there's room for movies to be that um, and still be good. So I think it's a good movie, The Way Back.
1: So
2: I was pleasantly surprised yeah. <laughs> by this movie. Yeah. I do not really care about sports and I don't really care about
1: I
0: still really enjoyed it. Get off so. this episode of the pod. You're done. <laughs> yeah. <they're laughs> You're never coming back ever again. Yeah, this is an Affleck positive <laughs> pod. Um <laughs> uh, it's,
1: worth the, well, yeah. it's worth mentioning the way back. Um <laughs> Don't confuse this with the um, Siberia Prison Break film, The Way Back. Also, don't confuse it with the Sam Rockwell park movie, Way, Way Back. (laughs) (laughs) I I recommended The Way, Way Back to someone once, and they watched the Prison Break movie in Siberia with, Ed. I think, Daniel Craig is in it or or Ed Harris or something. Anyway, and they were like, the movie was was pretty dark. I'm like, The Way, (laughs) Way Back? Dark? Like, I mean,
2: I guess Steve Carell's mean. I was like, yeah, <laughs> <I know it's laughs> like
1: dark in the water tube, maybe. But, like, I mean, <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, it's Ben Affleck, uh, Struggling Addiction. This is thing. a good movie. I forgot this movie even came out in 2020, yep. if I'm being honest. Like, this that's how long ago it was. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, this was the last Feels movie. Feels like it was five lifetimes ago. I know, ago. serious.
0: Before California went on absolute lockdown. This
1: was the pre-pandemic. Yeah, because this was, I think the last movie I saw before the pandemic hit was Invisible Man. Um, I think that was the last one I saw and then the pandemic shut it all down Whew, crazy so wow the way back you number two okay number two my number two stand by that this uh, film we've already talked about and that is Kelly Reichert's first cap and I can't believe that you two have this ranked as, as low as you do <laughs> I, I, I've been shamed with good reason earlier with Sound of Metal now it's my turn to shame this movie Is a miracle. I love this movie so much. It had a deep impact on me the first time I watched it. I didn't really know what direction it was going. And there's a line early on in the film that really kind of sets the stage when, I, I don't know if it was Cookie or King who says it, but they said that history hasn't gotten here yet. With describing the frontier that they're living on. You know, and then the entrepreneurship—the idea of for them to have a thriving business—they must sneak away in the night to milk a cow that doesn't belong to them, which, after a while, doesn't feel like stealing because the owner of the cow loves the product. Um, and so it's just funny how my it's mind a even... for the
0: the company Amazon, by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's just this sweet film about a couple of loners, outcasts in the frontier who find friendship and commonality in this business venture and they look after each other throughout and it was it's really sweet and it's really quiet and it takes its pace it's not a fast moving film there's not a whole lot that happens um but it's like i love i love watching a movie like this that is so um it's tender but also feels real and it feels like stories like this absolutely happened and were never told you know, things like it, relationships like this existed, things like this happened, but was no, there was no book written about it. There was no movie made about it. And it's just fun. Just I don't know. There's something about watching a movie about that type of story that was just I don't know. It felt unique, but also felt profound. I mean, I, Kelly Riker just has this way with pacing and has this deft touch. And it's just this is the best version of that skill set that she has. It's so unique um and i loved this movie this was again this easily could have been my favorite movie of the year it was up there with mank and with what i eventually put as my number one which we'll get to but yeah my number two film of the year is first cow and it's on showtime if the people have showtime i know it's on there otherwise it's on itunes and video on demand um this is one worth renting i actually this was like an early pandemic um like this one got cut early on in the pandemic um, and had to go to VOD instead of have a theatrical release. I don't know how wide it would have been, but I remember I I'm just I happily paid to rent the film uh, and it was totally worth it. So, yes, Kelly Reichert's it, first cow is the second and or the first best film of the year.
0: <laughs> it's a great movie. It's funny. Uh, Shannon mentioned Letterboxd and there was a uh, there's this Letterbox account that gets mocked on social media. Um, it's run by a vegan. And they yes. they had an issue with first cow because animal abuse. Uh, they milk a cow. So that's.
2: Oh, my favorite account. Yes. No. Very funny. Very funny. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. My gosh. Oh, jeez. So good. Well, I'll watch it again and feel shamed for not.
1: <laughs> was it was it what, what number was it for you, Shannon?
2: Mm-hmm. Eight. Eight. I, okay. I, Honestly, all of these ten, it's like, at yep. any given moment, any of yep. them could be number, number one. You know none, yeah. none know, none of it matters.
1: None of the rankings matter. None of it matters. My number one, by the way, is Sound of Metal, but yeah, uh, the first half. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the first Three quarters half. of Sound of Metal <laughs> this is
1: number one. Uh, all right, so we are down to our number one, so, so I'm excited right. to hear this. Yeah. Ready. So, Shannon, kick us off
2: yeah so with net that my number one is Palm, Palm Springs yes. <laughs> Thank Whoa. You. and
0: Vindicated. and
2: yeah like so that's funny that it was on the bubble for you because I really I went back and forth with number ones mm-hmm. and I'm like should it be this should it be this um ultimately for me um it's Palm Springs because when I think of what made me, like the happiest what was the most like pleasant experience after this whole quarantine situation this was it i hadn't seen like an honestly like really good new movie in quite some time and i was just so psyched to have something that was legitimately really good and funny um it was really comforting and again i think i just really leaned into things that were just more happy and comforting like this was Um, yeah, I mean, you guys already talked about it, but I don't know, it's, this one, I didn't see it at Sundance, but I worked it during Sundance, and there was this whole fervor around it, and the first screening was, like, so packed, and most of the people didn't get in, there was such a rush to see this, and it was funny seeing it, instead of in January, seeing it when it came out on Hulu, because, I mean, with this quarantine- thing we're at home day in and day out doing the same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> every day it seems and so watching it under that context I thought it was really funny that you could feel some of the pain that Andy Sandberg's feeling um yeah I just there are a lot I mean I like all of the time loop movies like I love happy death day <laughs> I, I tend to like them all um but I appreciated that this one even though it's a rom-com like Groundhog Day um still brought something new to it by bringing um, Kristen Miliotti's character into the time loop with him. Um, yeah, just really funny and pleasant, and it's the only one I can truly say like I wanted to watch over and over again <laughs> after finishing it.
1: Yeah, so, look, this, this yeah. it's a movie that, in my experience, it has a hundred percent approval rating with anyone I've talked to, or anyone I've recommended it to, or anyone I hear. It. No one, no one's really walking out being like I didn't like it. Uh, like I know I talked about elements that I didn't like, but it was almost in my top 10 it was in my top ten until two minutes before recording. But like people who see this movie love this movie. Like that's just the reaction across the board in my experience. So I mean it's a fitting number one. I mean it's a It's a good choice. Yeah.
2: Yep.
1: Alright, Aaron.
0: Alright, my number one. Oh Aaron. My number one is maybe not such a good choice because <laughs> it's the movie Tenet. Tenet and Whoa. I stand
1: by it. Oh, Whoa. my goodness That's gracious.
0: And here's why I stand by Tenet.
1: The Nolan it film? is the most
0: ambitious movie of the year by, uh, by far, like bar none. No one <laughs> took the chances that Christopher Nolan did making this movie. Um, did they all work out? No, they certainly didn't. Took the industry down but with them. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, again, you talked about the performances Whoa. of uh, John David Washington and Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson is probably my favorite actor right now. So I'm just in on everything he does. Um, and, and I thought he was great in this a small, smaller role, but he was very, very good in supporting uh, John David Washington's character. So everything about Tennant is like, it's Nolan, like to an extreme. If you like Christopher Nolan, you, I mean, you're going to somewhat enjoy this movie, even though it is extremely flawed. And I admit that it's very flawed. And it's extremely convoluted, like more than anything he's ever done before. But if you think about the arc of Nolan as a director, really, his arc goes up when he makes Memento. Again, another extremely convoluted movie. that doesn't really make sense if you think about it. But in the, in the context of the way that it's made, it makes perfect sense. And I think that um, over time, I think we're going to appreciate this movie, Tenant, more than we do today. Uh, I, I just really enjoyed it thoroughly. I wish, I wish, I wish I could have seen it in a theater. And hopefully once like theaters are open, maybe they'll re-release it or something. Because that's really how I want to experience it. Like I said, I saw it in a drive-in, which it was okay. It was fine. But I want to. I want to be in that movie theater and hear the explosions and feel them, uh, because you know uh, one of the big criticisms that Nolan gets is his sound design is a problem, especially the dialogue, and it it did this is it's a problem in this movie as well. Um, but his sound how, his sound design is also like extremely complicated and complex and, and intricate, and so I think listening to, listening to it in a car is just not as good as being in the, in the movie theater in that uh, enclosed environment. So that's another thing that I want to experience. But just overall, like you said, his set pieces are just top of the game. Like there's nobody like him. Um, it's just so massive and it is just like such an epic, like a throwback in the true sense of a Hollywood epic. Like this is that. Um, so I just appreciate, I applaud what he did. Uh, it's not a perfect movie and not his best movie, but for me it's the number one movie for 2020, a flawed year a flawed movie for a flawed year so yeah <laughs>
1: well like i said it, you know it was my number nine and i said i don't think there's any movie that will that will that 2020 will be known for more than tenet mm-hmm. that is the movie uh yeah, for absolutely m- myriad of reasons wow okay um so you're ready for my number one <laughs> let's hear it you go <laughs> yeah. um tenet. i've been beating this drum and it's and, and I just can't get people to watch this movie. So I had to put it as my number one because it is my favorite movie of the year uh, up there with First Cow and Mank. Of course, like I said, my top three are revolving. So Aaron went huge budget for his number one tenant. Mine is the easily the lowest budget film of all of the movies in my ten, And it's an Amazon Prime exclusive. And it's the vast of night. So,
2: oh. The Vast
1: of Night is a movie that I started watching on my phone because I couldn't sleep. You know, I, you know, went to bed, <laughs> couldn't sleep, turned my phone on. Okay, I keep hearing about Vast of Night. I'll start it. I start watching it and about five minutes and I paused it and I thought, okay, this is special. This movie is doing something different. And I hopped out of my bed and I went out into the main room where we have the big screen. And I you know, put in the earbuds, connected to Apple TV, and I watched the rest of the movie in the middle of the night. And I was just exhilarated by this film. A film that was made for less than a million dollars by a first-time filmmaker. Uh, I believe his name is Andrew Patterson. Um, And it is, uh, is excellently cast. The script is, I mean... The, the words are moving mile in a minute. I mean, it's just so much dialogue is happening. You almost want to watch it with subtitles so you can kind of catch it all. Uh, and this is just this perfect confluence of Twilight Zone meets American Graffiti meets Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I mean, there's just all these themes and feel into this one little film that is that just really uses every penny of its budget smartly uh, in a way that is just – it inspired me so much watching this movie looking at how like good storytelling can be done with no money and this movie is expertly told the story is expertly told it might not be everyone's favorite type of genre it might not be everyone's favorite type of story but i was exhilarated i was at the edge of my seat and i was watching it being like this is just a just a really really good story being told in the right way like the only way it should be told and it gave me hope. It gave me hope about movies, like the future of movie making, the future of storytelling. Realizing, like, okay, there's there's a platform like Amazon Prime or some of these other streaming services that are willing to purchase these smaller films that are being made. You know, it just we we talk a lot about how the future of cinema is going to be superhero movies and no more mid to lower budget films. It's just going to be these huge blockbusters. And then I watched The Vast of Night, which is a genre film uh, done in the just. Uh, nearly impeccable way that it just made me again the, the implications of the future of cinema it was on my mind watching it as well as the fact i was enjoying the small little film and even saying small little film i feel like feel like is too denigrating this is an excellent movie just bar none even up against films with 200 million dollar budgets like tenant or 250 or whatever it was uh the vast of night made for whatever seven eight hundred thousand dollars is absolutely worth your time i i just love this movie i keep seeing in its praises uh, I keep begging people to watch it. And it's my number one movie of the year. So very, very cool. There you go. That's am, my, yeah. that's I'm my absolutely
0: going to check this one out. Shannon, you've you, seen
1: it. it. You've seen it at least, right?
2: I have seen it. I liked it.
1: So, okay. Tell me why you hated it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I have the same fervor, but I totally agree with the filmmaking aspect sure. of it. Like the shots, the... Is it tracking shots? Am I using the yeah, right it certainly term has the appearance of being tracking shots. Yeah, the they're tracking shots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got just how they had to orchestrate all of yeah, that, them like kind of winding through this little town. It's like this 1950s basketball really game impressive. going
1: on. And there's one shot in particular, the camera comes up through in the mm-hmm. middle of the game and then goes up through the stands and out the window. And I would love to know how they did all of that, especially on the yeah. budget they have. But it's... Yeah, the tracking shots are pretty breathtaking, but I, even the actors and how, again, they're, they're talking a mile a minute. It's just so much dialogue, yeah. um, but it's kind of needed for both the story as well as the era. Um, yeah, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to reveal too much, but yeah, mm. it's, uh, <laughs> yeah it's an extraterrestrial movie. <laughs> if my invoking of Close Encounters wasn't uh, enough, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Aaron, you got to watch The of Night.
0: I'm going to watch Ass tonight, so thank you for the recommendation. I will heed that.
1: Well, there's our top 10. I would love to run through the 10 again. Uh, my, my 10 was collective. the documentary. Uh, then tenet, Boys State. trial of the Chicago Seven, which I'm already regretting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just caught, just sli- slide in Mangrove because it's yeah. Uh, then bad education, soul <laughs> Defy Bloods, Mank. First cow, and then the vast of the night.
2: And mine are host, the painter and the thief. First cow, fourteen shit house, Wolfwalkers, Miss Americana, promising young woman, Sound of Metal, and Palm Springs. That's a good
0: list. And for me, I have Mank, Borat, subsequent movie film, The Five Bloods, First Cow, <laughs> Sound of Metal, Soul, On the Rocks, Palm Springs, Way Back, The Way Back, and Tenant.
1: So we almost all had Palm Springs. We all had First Cow. Mm-hmm. And is that it? We did only two. Two of us had Soul. Two of us had Tenant, Two had Defy
2: Bloods. Two had Sound of Metal. Two had Sound of
1: Metal. Wow. Okay. More crossover than I was anticipating, but
0: <laughs> <sighs> wow. Uh, Shannon, how many movies did
2: you, you watch this year? You can't get me on the Tenant train. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay.
1: That's fine. <laughs> Well, it's funny because it's number nope. nine for not me, number happen. one for Aaron. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh- <laughs> hey, Shannon, how many movies did you watch this year?
2: Mm-hmm. I So I kept track of everything I watched that I had never seen before, and it was 300. Wow. So that's not all movies this year, but I, I just went back and watched a that's lot awesome. of things that I was embarrassed to never have oh, seen that's so <laughs> because great. I, I, I had all this that. time on my hands. I think
1: that's great. There's, so. Like you know, at some point I need to yeah. st- I need to strap myself down and just watch yeah. Casablanca, right? Like that's
2: it's a great movie.
1: a thing oh, I need to movie. do, right? Um, that's great. Wow. We'll
2: see my real, my like number ones then that I had never mm-hmm. seen: All About Eve oh, yeah. and Singing in the Rain. All About Eve. That's a Mankiewicz. Movie. That's a Mankiewicz. That's Make's so. brother,
1: right? Who directed mm-hmm. it? So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah,
0: a different yep. Make. The other bank.
1: bank. yeah, the other bank Wow, oh, all about eating. So yeah.
2: good.
0: So, uh, can you? Would you mind sharing your letterbox account? Can we? Can we read it? Can we check in there?
2: Yes. What's, you your, can. what's your? What's your? How do we get there. Um. Yeah. Now mine's I'm like. Mine's just at grab David Stoffer.
0: Well, we don't care about yours. <laughs> <I don't
1: laughs> yeah, mine's gonna be like top Fincher, oh, boy, Top pixar.
2: Well, it's just Shannon Williams. Also, all, I honestly have lists no lists of, idea what my app is. Oh, okay. <laughs> We'll find you. How do you find that out on this platform? I don't know. Actually.
1: I don't know. It's not... That, a that might be a flaw in their
0: platform. <laughs> you don't even know how to share.
2: <laughs> oh, I think it's just Shannon Ooh, Williams. Awesome. Like, all one...
0: One word? Yeah. Well, so you rated everything you saw this year?
2: Yeah.
1: That's awesome. I
2: that. Or most things. Sometimes I'm, like, promising young woman. I'm like, I, I'm going to take a few days mm-hmm. and think about that before, before I rate yeah, it, yeah. but... Yeah, still playing some catch up too from last year. Like, watch Kajillionaire recently. Oh, no. I don't know. There were a bunch that I tried to watch ahead of this. Yeah. But, well,
1: yeah. Yeah, anyway. yeah. News of the World didn't make my list, if you noticed, which I watched last night. Um, <laughs> I love Paul Greengrass, but not that movie. That no, I mean, it was fine. Not going to. I'm it over Tom Hanks personally. Wasn't my top 20. It was peak paternal Tom Hanks, put it that way.
0: Well, ever since he got the, the fake virus, that's it. and I, I knew he was part of the agenda. So I,
1: that's what we're talking about. I was going to mention it at the, at the top about, like the year of the pandemic when peop, when things, when crap really hit the fan. It was the, the I mean, it was the confluence of the NBA, Rudy Gobert spreading it around on every single reporter's microphone like an idiot. Um, Purposefully, yeah. Yeah, he purposely is trying to spread it. Uh, again, this is, yeah. Anyway, not, actually, I'm glad I didn't say what I was about to say. But um, <laughs> he's, <laughs> Rudy Gobert, uh, bless him. Um, but when we found out the Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, ro- like the, just royalty when it comes to Hollywood, right? The moment, it's an, they're, the, they're the first big celebrities really to get it. Um, yeah. and that's when that's when the toilet paper started flying off the shelf. That's oh, yeah. when like, canned food was <laughs> flying off the shelf, was Meanwhile, Tom Hanks. Yeah.
0: Uh, their son, Chet Hanks, has been spared, which is just unbelievable. <laughs> well, Chet is a wild And band,
1: we, have, so. we have not been spared from his TikToks. His following skyrocketed <laughs> as a result. Chet Hanks' cool. stock is through the roof. Chet has so <laughs> much clout right now, it's insane. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like... Oh my
2: Have gosh. you, um, Kumil Nanjiani had a podcast during kind of quarantine, yeah. COVID times, and he kept calling like that point before the pre-Hanks Wilson era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, oh yeah, we always did that pre-Hanks Wilson. Or
1: yeah. It's true though. It's really yeah. true. I'll never forget like, Lindsay was walking out the door. Uh, I was sitting at home watching, trying to watch the Kings game that was p- supposed to start, but it got delayed because of what was happening, you know, with the Jazz game. And I and I open my phone, and I get text messages, and I see a tweet, and it's Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson positive, tested positive for coronavirus. And I look at her. She's going out the window. I was like, Lindsay, I'm going to go to the grocery store because it's real now. Like, people are going to start panicking. It's coming. Yeah, like, America's coming. dad just got – you know, America's mom and dad. <laughs> anyway. uh How about this? I want to end on one more question. We'll wrap up with this. What film that got bumped from 2020 into 2021 are you most looking forward to seeing? Or if you can't think, maybe just a 2021 release that you're most excited for. Um, But if it's one that got bumped from 2020, all the better. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, I'll go first. What I'm most excited to watch... It's not going to be Ghostbusters. Um. (laughs) (laughs) not not falling for that again um it's gonna be dune for me i am so excited for danny villeneuve's dune i was excited to watch it over christmas this year bummed that they got bumped and then then kind of even kind of bummed that it wasn't gonna get the theatrical release or at least it was gonna be released theatrically the same day as video on demand now they've Gone back and changed that. It sounds like it's only going to be theatrical. Back to that. So who knows what it's going to be by the time it it releases? But I think for me, that is my number one is Dune. Uh, I'm curious to hear from the both of you what what film that got Uh, pushed. So for me,
0: for me, it's The Green Knight. David Lowery, yes, yes, Um, Yes, with Dev and Dev Patel. Exactly. So this, the go go watch the trailer for that one. And tell me you're not excited for it. It looks amazing. So I think that one. That one could be special. I'm hoping across my fingers. Yeah. I'm seriously bummed that it wasn't released this year. Um, so, yeah. The Green Knight.
1: Perfect.
2: Um, Aaron, did you see the personal history oh, of David Copperfield? I did. No, I haven't seen
1: I that. I did. It's in my top 20.
2: It's. It, I was going to, it was in my top 22 and you, maybe it's not your jam, but Deb Patel is so good. Oh, I love Deb.
1: I'm always. He's
2: good in everything. Yeah, I'm willing movie.
0: to go down any road that oh. Deb Patel takes me. So I'm going to throw that one That on. movie
1: is, some, it's it's a wild ride because it's a little fantastical yeah. and you don't, it's hard to hold on to what exactly is real as the story is being told. Um, I guess yeah. it kind of is like big fish in that way Um, <laughs> to invoke a kind of uh, obscure uh, a Tim Burton movie. film. Ewan McGregor film. film. <laughs> um, no, I like that But movie. yeah, I do too. Uh, it kind of reminded me that a little bit, but it's a little fantastical. It, it's wonderful, though. The, it's yeah, a very cool. good movie. I, I quite like I'm gonna it. I'm going to check that one so. out
2: for sure. Yeah. I mean, everyone made a big deal of Emma, which mm. I, I just really like the Gwyneth Paltrow mm. Emma. To me, David Copperfield's hit all the notes. I think mm. Emma hit for most people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, kind of a quirky like adaptation mm-hmm. of a beloved novel yeah. <laughs> like that one did it for me instead um i agree with you on dune because so i did get to see tenet in the theater and i about like ripped my brother's arm off when the dune trailer came <laughs> on because i was so excited um but i think the french dispatch oh, is probably oh. my number one because um, i'm a huge wes anderson <laughs> fan so
1: great pick yeah. Great pick! Oh, the French Dispatch.
2: Every, every time he's got one. That's, oh, that's it, it breaks
1: my heart. It was bre- <laughs> like every oh, one of the the two times I rented theaters for Jurassic Park and Hocus Pocus, the theater that we went into just outside <laughs> of it, there uh, was a huge French Dispatch poster. And every time I walked by it, it just like broke oh. my heart. I was like, oh, it's like a tease. It's like, oh, we can't see. it. Does it even have a new release date? Is it? Do we know when it's coming out? Like. I know it got bumped.
2: I think it's sometime next, next summer. summer. Yeah. Okay.
1: Wow. Jeez.
2: But you get Wes Anderson with Timothy Chalamet and Elizabeth. Uh, T- oh, really Timothy
1: Chalamet really just—he was born into Moss. this world as a Wes Anderson character. Like he's yeah. <laughs> like even when I saw him in Lady Bird, which I think was the first time I saw him in anything, I was like, oh, he's out of a Wes Anderson film. Like that's what this is. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's yep. pretty perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Those are wow, all three of these. I'm excited for. So, it's going to be good a good picks. year, I think. Good pick. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what the log jam is going to, you know, of 2020 <laughs> films getting pushed in 2021. Are we just, is it going to be an embarrassment of riches or is the pandemic going to rage for the first 6 months that it's going to, you know, further push things? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. So, anyway, well, there it is. Did we all nice work. Did we all list our top 10s? Aaron, you ran through your 10, right? Sure did. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining both of you. This was fun. Uh, so fun. Maybe not episode. the best movie year that we've done. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> maybe not <Nope>. the best. <laughs> But it's going to be interesting to see what movies are going to be uh, on our list next year. And, and of our top 10 next year, I'll be really curious to see which of how many in, the, in each of our top 10s were ones that were previously 2020 releases. That'll be really interesting. So,
2: Yeah. Do we get two lists next year? We get Ooh. should have been 2020 That's list. 2020. I should love that idea
1: because this, like my, that li- my list already is out. I'm looking at it and there's already four movies on it that I don't like. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We get to like revise our 2020 list, adding idea. in all the ones that should have been. It's a great idea
1: because this is our yeah. For me personally, it's a mine is a, a list that needs revising. So <laughs> that's a great idea.
2: Well, now, well, quickly, now I have to mention too. Like, definitely, my number one film this year is Portrait of a Lady on Fire, oh, yeah. which is another one that they didn't show until February. Yes. So, like, that easily would have been my number one yes. last year. But I'm like, I can't yeah. really claim it this year. Wow. But it's the best thing I saw by far. Okay. Anyway, I hate it when they do yeah, that. Yeah, I
1: know. I know. Well, it's with Nomadland, <laughs> right? It's like, Nomadland's going to be in my top 10. Mm-hmm. Who knows where? But, like, I, I'm not going to know until I yep. see it in February. Uh, now, as of last year, yeah. though, my number one is still firmly in there. That's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, I don't think that one was changing. <laughs> in fact, yeah, it's only, sure. it's probably, yeah, it's more solidly in the number one spot. <laughs> Uh, it's aged incredibly well it has I've watched it numerous times this year actually Uh, it's a fun hangout movie so okay well I think that's it we're coming up on two hours we did it thank you both so much for joining and uh, Shannon we need to have if you're willing we need to have you on more often and not just for the end of year I
0: love that I love Shannon's perspective I think
1: it's, it's she's so insightful I love that yeah
2: insightful sometimes scattered not knowing quite how to explain things without spoiling no, them, you be know
1: great you, you've given me a bunch of motivation to fin- either finish or start some of these movies that i just haven't had the motivation to do so i appreciate your perspective very much um but anyway i think that's it thank you both very much Thanks, sign you. off
0: thank you for listening to the brave little podcast hold on to your butts